The Unpublished Podcast with Amy and James. Hello creatives and welcome to another episode of the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy and I am doing a solo episode today. Um, Well actually not entirely solo as you will see later we have an incredibly special guest uh, on this week's podcast but there is no James here today. Um, So Jamesy is currently on kind of like (laughs) I've given him a little sabbatical. Um, We had a big walk and conversation the other week about how all-consuming our work is, um, not in the sheer amount of work that we do, just in the fact that there's very little break. James hasn't really had a proper holiday away from work since we've started taking this really seriously about five years ago. And we could kind of just tell that it was was really at his capacity and he was pretty burnt out. So we've just... Uh, kind of pulled away most of his responsibilities he's still writing his novels because that is what keeps him going but he is really um, staying away uh, intentionally from a lot of the other work stuff that we do Um, thank goodness we have our beautiful um, one employee Emma uh, to take some of that load and I'm feeling pretty good at the moment so I'm taking a little bit as well and I love getting to do a little occasional solo episode and just be with you all so essentially it's just me as i said we do have a really special guest um about to come on the pod it is pre-recorded um and it's only short but i really am so excited today because i get to share this conversation with you that i had about a week ago with one of the most important people in my life um in a very bizarre way uh this creative has been life-changing for me his books um, were real turning points for me in my creative journey. Um, and I dedicated my first book to him uh, because they meant that much to my own way of thinking about creativity and how I address my my business as a creative, how I address showing up in this world as a creative. Um, so I'm very excited today to share with you a recording of me and Seth Godin having a chat. <laughs> um A beautiful Inspired Collective member um, has a connection with Seth and I'm so grateful to Michelle for putting this together. I literally was journaling one day and I was journaling about the issue that we talk about in today's recording, which is I'm really heartbroken for a lot of creatives at the moment because I think a lot of us are saying the world is so messed up. We're in such a difficult place environmentally, uh, also socially, um, and we're really feeling this like what's the point of making art when the world is so brutal and there's really not a conversation that I have with artists that doesn't kind of approach this exhausted what's the point kind of attitude and I was thinking about how Seth Godin would be the most incredible person to talk to about this as someone who 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 thinks about this kind of concept and also I know he thinks very deeply about particularly the climate change crisis and I was thinking about that as I journaled and I said it out loud I said I really want to talk to Seth Godin and I shared that little clip of the video on my stories and the incredible artist Michelle came in and said hey I've just sent an email introduction to my literal hero, Seth Godin. And Seth replied within like literally an hour, hey, Amy, let's have a video chat. I would love to talk to you. And it was just one of those moments I had to go for a walk to calm down because I was like, I just felt so held 
and so fucking fortunate and so fucking grateful. And holy fucking shit, excuse all the expletives, but Seth Godin is a beautiful fucking man. He was so generous with his time, so kind and so creative. Um, So we only recorded 10 minutes of the conversation, but we probably had like a 20, 25 minute call and he was so curious about me and I just felt so held and so seen. And I also just saw what a creative genius he is too. Like I was just in awe of like his thirst to make and put things out in the world and to connect with creatives. And I was just really, it was just such an honor. His book, The Icarus Deception, uh, was there for me. It's my favorite book, probably in the world, alongside The Artist's Way. Um, And it just transformed my own opinions about what I was doing. I used to, as I know so many of you know, hold so much shame around trying to take my creativity seriously. And The Icarus Deception is here to say, no, you're not flying too close to the sun. Those big dreams you have, good, go get them. So I was very, very grateful for this conversation and it goes along the kind of similar conversation lines of, of this feeling of oh, why why do I bother taking this seriously when the world is, you know, in so much trouble? Why would art ever make an impact? And I asked him this question and I'm going to let you listen to our conversation now and then I'm going to come pop back and we can, we can discuss uh, the themes and topics that unfolded. So the kind of art we're talking about is visual art, poetry art, screenplay art, what kind of art? So I'm an author, I write historic fiction and I started off just being writers. And then I opened it up to anyone and everyone. Also, we've got visual artists, photographers, dancers, acrobats, uh, photographers, like so many different types of artists. And everyone I work with, there's this underlying, what's the point? You know, I'm not really helping the world. I'm not solving a problem. And... uh, I'm just, I've been working at moving this narrative and helping them understand how important it is what they do. And it's, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> no, the, the pain is real. The ennui is real. Mm. I, I guess I would, I would start by highlighting what many people in your community already know, which is uh, there's a difference between being an illustrator, being someone who performs and being someone who's an artist. And Mm. art explores the liminal state between here and there. Art is, this might not work. Art isn't reproducing what you did yesterday over and over again. Because if all you're doing is turning the printing press, you work in a factory that makes beauty, but you're not an artist. Mm. And why do we even need this liminal space, this feeling of going forward? And when we look at, what a hundred years of industrialism have done to the climate. It's a systemic problem. It is a problem in which we are all part of it because it has fueled modernity. And it's also was built as a substitute for people who couldn't find the magic that you can find with art, that mm-hmm. buying another thing and um, eating a hamburger is a way of filling a hole in your soul that art can fill. And so I think it would be amazing if we could figure out how to have a quarter of a million people actively changing the system, becoming technologists who build fusion or activists who get people to realize what a pox cattle are. But 
that's not going to happen anytime soon because mm -hmm. it's not going to fuel the quarter of a million artists you're talking to in a way that will allow them to persist. Yeah. But it's a big but. Humanity is here whether we want it to be or not. And along the way, we have to figure out what our narrative is going to be. Mm -hmm. What I have seen is that when people have a narrative that is filled with hope and beauty and possibility and connection, they are more likely to care about tomorrow. Yeah. And so if we're going to undo the seduction of big marketing and the seduction of just buy more stuff and ignore the outside world, part of it's going to be through the narrative of the community of artists. Yeah. So you don't have to be on the button. You know, my friend Justin is on the button, putting up art that is directly about the climate and good for him. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is we also need to feel alive and we can feel alive without burning down a rainforest. We can feel alive without digging coal out of the ground. If we can make people feel more alive by having artists dance with the resistance, become imposters and lead, I think that we can consider that a day well spent. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the narrative that I want and I want it in the hearts of everyone I get to speak to. I really like this idea that um, we've been trying to fill a hole and in doing so we've really hurt where we are living and a, a replacement for that, like art in its truest sense. Yeah, such a salve. I really like that. Yeah, I was I was up in northern Ontario. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, it was my 43rd summer teaching canoeing up in Canada. And when you're in that place doing that art and the wildfires come, mm. it feels different than when the smoke arrives in New York. Because in New York, you're like, well, this is inconvenient on the way to my air-conditioned yeah. office versus in this moment when I am on this lake with these people doing something that might not work, and the smoke arrives, you feel it in a different part of your soul. All right, well, thank you. Thank you, Seth. Um, so what I really got out of that conversation, I got out a lot, honestly, and we continue to have, you know, actually a really challenging conversation after this. I'll get into that in a second. Um, but the thing I loved most about this conversation is his assurance that we are hurting our world and we're hurting each other because of a hole that is within us and we're trying to fill that hole up with consumption uh, with capitalism with tearing people down and the way that we heal ourselves and heal the world is is through like i what i heard is it's through art it's through making joyful things and consuming joyful things and being lifted up by the creation process but also by the consumption process of art and if we can spend our days making things that make the world uh, a little lighter, a little more self-reflective, if we can spend the day making things that allow people respite, like these are all things that contribute to this world being a better place. I wrote down when I was re-listening to this, when people have a narrative that is filled with hope and beauty, they are more likely to build a better tomorrow and that is what our art is doing. Our art is contributing to the healing of this world. And we so easily forget that because it's not so black and white. It's not, we're not creating things that 
are directly involved in what well, we might we may be i know some of you are but a lot of us aren't creating art that is directly uh solving climate change or directly looking at some of these social issues directly looking at like the cost of living crisis no they're not but they are helping and serving and making this world a better place and we are so fucking likely to forget that and i think the world wants us to forget that too because it's far better for big corporation big business for for capitalism if we just keep consuming and numbing ourselves with crap and keep tearing each other down keep getting lost on social media so that we can have a break from it all rather than engaging in books in art in photography in cinema in dance in theater that changes our lives that lifts us up that helps us see ourselves and helps us see how we can serve the world so i think it's just such an important conversation and to hear it from our papa of creativity seth godin was really reassuring to me and just really important it was truly like just the biggest honor and i was very grateful um we continued this conversation and we actually got into something that i thought was really ironic um i really violently disagreed with something he said after this and i i was brave enough to be like wow i really struggle with that um and he was saying that (laughs) it's such a trigger for me he was like we don't need to turn our hobbies into our art and we shouldn't and I was like well hold the phone Seth first of all I feel like you're the one that gave me permission to take up space in this way you're the one that told me that that all of the ambition and the drive that I had to have storytelling and creativity be my living like Icarus Deception was like my permission slip for that and I kind of and he, was, he spoke about Liz Gilbert and how Liz Gilbert says you know we have our hobbies and we have our like we should keep them as hobbies and I was like yeah I've really struggled with this and it really when Liz talks about this it pisses me off and we had this really interesting discussion and I think we're kind of coming at it from two different lenses here and I get so fired up on this subject because that sentence especially when Liz talks about it has always triggered me so badly um he was basically just trying to get to the point of like we don't need to go pro for our art to save the world which is so true like art can you know impact people and art impact ourselves when we're not pro when we're not even getting a lot of eyes on our art it can still contribute to it making a better world which is so fucking true um but as soon as i hear someone who says don't monetize your hobbies i just get so fucking triggered and it was interesting to like sit face to face with someone who you know has been my leader and idol for so long and to just to also hold my own and to feel like I could say oh you know I'm interested in the way you word that and to to continue that discussion um it was amusing and again I do just think we were coming from it two different ways like we shouldn't be monetizing all our hobbies we need space to play uh we need space for there to be no pressure he worries a lot about industrialism and capitalism marring um creative expression which is really valid but in a world where for me it felt like my options were being in an industrialist system and hate my life or dare to chase something dare to make something dare to uh try and make storytelling and writing as uh, something that fueled me and gave me money you know i only felt like i had one option and i'm so glad that i took that option and you know chased it and dared to create the life i'm living right now because it because <laughs> it worked and yeah anyway i'm not really sure like what to take from that last part of the conversation i think it was just really interesting to come you know face to face with your idols and to to have him say something that was so triggering to me but we worked through it and it was it was still a really interesting conversation and as always i i really want you guys to listen to uh that part of where he says you know your art is something is like directly impacting you know making this world a, a better place and when we have this excuse 
that art should be pushed to the side because there's too many other bigger problems out there and we we can't be dilly-dallying around in this like silly little you know playground of creativity when when there's real work to be done the real work is the art and i really fucking believe that and seth believes that um and it, it's art in whatever sense whether it's play playing and just like doing it for yourself and, and filling a hole within you or whether it is sharing the art and, and filling the hole within others like doing sharing making creating consuming art is a very serious thing that we have done since we have existed as humans and we cannot listen to this narrative that pushes it aside as something frivolous it is not frivolous me and james were doing some research the other day for some exciting projects coming up and looking at studies about how art impacts and there is some fucking very cool very convincing studies about the impact of consumption of art and the feeling of uh, joy and the feeling of what's the word that I'm looking for like our well-being is so much higher when we go out and consume art and the the stats on it were really really cool similarly the creation of art had a uh, increase in well-being interestingly enough the well-being was higher for those who consumed it than for those who made it uh, but both were definitely an increase from the baseline of people who were not consuming or creating art. What we are doing is so important. I am so proud of us. I know that it, we are just constantly pushed to the side and not taken seriously and can feel like it doesn't matter, but it does what we're doing really, really matters. And I'm really, really proud of us. No matter what art you're doing, no matter if you're in a rut, no matter if you haven't created in a while, like what we are doing is important. Yeah. Well, that was my tiny little podcast with Seth Godin. What a moment. Um, oh, I actually would love to tell you what happened at the end of the podcast because I thought it was just so beautiful and pure. So he was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna stop pressing um, record and I want to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And then he screen shares with me and he goes, what do you think of this? And he just starts showing me his latest creative project. And he, we spend like 10, 15 minutes and he's just like, what do you think of this? And he just wants my opinion. And he shows me all of these different aspects to it. So cool what he's making. And he was like, would you use this? What do you think about this? What do you need? What about, and I, we just got to like play and create together. And what a blessing for him to come to me and to ask me for my opinion. Like I was just so beautiful. And also I just saw this like contagious joy of like, I'm making something. And I really want to share it with everyone I fucking can. And I just love that energy. And I just thought it was such a beautiful way to end it. And then he invited me to like kind of be on this trial run of this new creation he's got. And then he was like, okay, let me know how you go. Would love to have your feedback. See you later. XOXO, Seth Godin. What a dream. What a dream boat of a man. So this podcast is dedicated to the incredible Michelle. Michelle, thank you for doing that introduction. You truly gave me a real highlight of my life. I'm meeting Julia Cameron in less than a few weeks and life will be done. I've completed it at age of 31. Um, yeah, bizarre. Meeting your heroes. Not not a bad experience for me just then. Um, even if we did have a small disagreement. Okay, my darlings. I haven't solo episode in so long. It feels, feels strange not to bounce off anyone, not to have anyone bitch at me for not using the mic correctly. I don't even know how to say goodbye to you all. 
I just want you to know that I love you all so much and I'm so proud of us and I'm just like taking us all so seriously. And I think we're all so fucking incredible and I think we're all making the world an incredibly better, whole, wholer, fuller, more healed place. And thank fuck for us. <laughs>